Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience with your hosts, Daniel Ferugia and Ashley Drew. Now, go and put your shoes on, put your headphones in, and let's go for a run. G'day, Trail Runners. Welcome to episode 45 of the Trail Runners Experience. And I'm Daniel Ferugia. And I'm joined today by none other than Ashley Drew. How you going, Ash? Going well. How is everybody? I hope that uh, everybody's been out on the trails, enjoying the running. The uh, weather, of course, here in the Southern Hemisphere is warming up. So anyone who's listening from the United States or uh, anywhere else in the, the Northern Hemisphere, uh, Europe, etc., I'm sure it's getting colder and the days are getting shorter. So, uh, yeah, here it, the days are getting longer and... More time on the trails, that means. Yeah. Less lights. Less lights required anyway. I know. And then, but now you've got to be, you got to make sure you've got that, those snake bandages with you <laughs> and lots yeah, of water. Very true. I've seen a number of snakes out already. So, uh, yes. Yeah. Definitely snake, snake time here. Maybe, maybe go to New Zealand where there's no snakes. I know. What a, how good is that? Funny. The... Yeah, that is pretty cool. I love it. <laughs> to, some, to some extent. Having said that, I, I like snakes in my, uh, my cousin is a snake catcher and snake breeder, so yeah. um, yes, I, I'm not I, I'm not about to go and pick up a snake, that's for sure. But uh, they don't really worry me all that much anymore either. I'm they, not, they certainly scare you when you see one, but um, I've only ever seen. Also fascinating. I never see them, and I, the only last at the end of last summer, actually, it was probably already in autumn. I was running along like the Torrens River, which is like along the linear path, which is basically. A wide concrete path, nowhere near the trail, oh, not even on the trails at all. And there's this little baby snake just went across in front of me, and that's the only snake I saw for the last couple <laughs> of years. And it was like, and of all places, just residential, and it was um, it scared the bejesus out of me. It was probably only about thirty centimeters long, so you know, but still they're out there. And so I just assume every every stick, it, it, treat it like it's a snake, pretend you know, well. <laughs> running out, running over the weekend, there was one stick that I went, "Oh, is that a snake?" Um, and had to do a double check, but uh, no, it wasn't. That's funny. It was just a stick. That's good. Um, I, hopefully, everyone had cleared the path for you because they do. The snakes more scared of us, they say, but I don't have any. Point. Oh yeah, they're def- they're definitely more worried about us than we are about them. That's for sure. Yeah. So we're in it. It's funny. We're in a really unique situation. This conversation. So you ran a 100k last weekend. And I'm running a 100k this weekend, and so um, how about that for interesting? And I think we're not going to get our events could not be more different. Um, can you? So you went? How'd you go in the Black Hall 100? End up in up there uh, in the Sunshine Coast. I did exceedingly better than I expected. So uh, I, I genuinely thought it's it's the worst I've gone into any race um, health wise. So uh, just, I, I really wasn't well. I, I was so unwell in the weeks leading up that um, the amount of medication I was taking, I was actually writing everything down just in case at some point I ended up knocking myself out and ending up in a coma. And, uh, you know, my, my family then having to deal with that and then having a record uh, for the ambulance or the hospital. But um, I managed to pull through that and I was probably the worst about six days out from the event, but um, or seven days out from the event, and but I still decided to go because 
you know, it was a good opportunity and you never, you know, if you start, you never know what's going to happen. And it was one of those days where I started, I didn't feel a hundred percent, but um, I got stronger and stronger and stronger the further I went to the point where, you know, one of my crew, I only met him on that day and he goes, I don't think a hundred Ks is enough for you. You, you. you know, if we make it uh, 160, I think you'll be faster than everybody by then. And um, that is literally how my day went. And it's just, that's what ultra running is. You don't know what's going to come. So, you know, sometimes it gets worse. Sometimes it gets better. I was really lucky it got better. That's amazing. So, yeah. You yeah. Have, you've got some true grit, man. You've got like some, uh, you, you make um, everyone else's sort of um, like gripes and complaints and ailments you put them into perspective, and I know you're not well, doing you're not doing that to show off, but it it really does put things in perspective. So you know, I have people say that to me fairly regularly, but I can tell you that everybody else's gripes are all valid. Yeah. Um, at, at their point in time, and um, you know, yeah. from my point of view, having cancer, yeah, it does suck. Don't get me wrong, but um, having a cold is way worse <laughs> feeling than having cancer. Yeah. It really is. I don't know why, but I could, you know, I've had both, a cold and, and cancer, obviously. But um, having, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say I'd rather have cancer because I, don't, I wouldn't, but um, because you know, I'm not going to get better out of it. But um, yeah. having a cold, it sucks. So, yes, yeah, um, yeah everyone it, has their, their moments with uh, disease, you know, dis-ease, and um, they're all valid. So my hat's off to everyone who gets out and does something when they're not feeling great. Well, that's um, very kind of you to say. Because as, as it turns out, I do have a bit of a cold. Actually, I'm on the other side of it. But um, heading into this week's race, it's not what I want. But um, just a little bit uh, phlegmy, that gross green stuff. I am going to the doctor directly after this appointment, after this little interview that we're doing. And um, so, like I say, it's probably nothing, but I figure... 100Ks is still 100Ks, and, and um, I, I want to run it reasonably well, and going in, if the doctor says, actually, it's, it's not just a cold, but in saying that, yeah, it's, it's weird. There's something weird about the, um, the taper period, and I'm sure you can relate to this, everyone relates to it, the taper tantrums, in a sense, but then there's this weird feeling of, I suddenly feel all these aches and pains and niggles that I didn't feel a week ago. But like, I'm wondering how much of it is in my head versus how much of it is real. And you just sort of think, oh, am I, have I done enough? Am I fit enough? And I mean, I've got nothing to base my doubt on other than my own head. And I don't know, can you relate to that? I think that uh, humans hate change. Mm. And taper is change. Mm. You know, most of the time when we're training, you know, we, we might have a, a cycle in our training that goes up and down a bit, so we've got a little bit of recovery, but tapers this very definite drop. And that change, yeah, humans don't handle change well, whether that's a, a reduction in load, an increase in load. Um, and tapers, yeah, yeah, you, you get all these, uh, you start to stress about the race, you, you, you think... Have I got everything together? Especially for something that big, it's a lot. It's a long, long way. So you've got to have a lot of stuff ticked off. Um, 
And then, yeah, those little niggles that all of a sudden your body's trying to repair them and it's going, oh, that hurts, just stay off that so I can fix it. Whereas if you're training all the time, it's going, oh, it's all right, I need to block that out because mm. it's just, you know, reloading it or she's reloading that. Um, it's okay, I can deal with it and block it out. Whereas as soon as you're not blocking that out because your body's going, oh, I've got this moment to fix it, it, it says, no, 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 let's, let's actually fix it. So, um, yeah, it's a funny period, isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't like it either. Yeah. I'm not sure who, I'm not sure who does uh, like it. So it, it has... It used to have a smaller effect on me before I had cancer, but now that I've got cancer, it has a massive effect on me. Yeah, because you don't um, like to stop I, running. I really try to avoid it. Mm. Yeah. But I, I had a massive take for this one. Five yeah. weeks of nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's amazing. But um, so And you still ran a, a decent time. What time did you do in the end? Uh, I did seven, 17, 23, 21. Um, and, yeah, so I, I, I gen under 18 hours which is excellent that means i can um apply for western states apparently i've got to work out what that entails i'll have to contact brett about that uh i think you go into the I, lottery I, I, ge- I genuinely didn't know whether i'd get under 24 hours so yeah it's amazing yeah, mm. that was that was that was where i was originally genuinely aiming was 24 hours just making it home so yeah it came together it came together nicely yeah that's um that's awesome, man. Like, for someone who was, you know, like, to someone who genuinely thought you were going to walk most of it, you've ended up running a very respectable time, which to a, a race that's more challenging. I mean, it's not the most challenging race, but it is a challenging race. You know what I mean? Like, because it's still 100 kilometers, whichever way you look at it, <laughs> you know, so... Um, yeah, that's well done, and I applaud you right now. Thank you. Can you hear that? It, it applause. It's a round of applause. <laughs> it's going around. Um, that's pretty amazing. I um, have some. I don't do this very often, but have some breaking news. I've just. Um, so I don't know if you. And look, by the time this will go to air in the next twenty-four hours, so it might not be breaking news to everyone else but it's still pretty amazing so i don't know if you're familiar with big's back big dogs backyard ultra um the the yeah, one i've been following that last time i looked at it was 60 hours so it's finished so. and it was won by a woman um first time ever so it was outright won by maggie G- gutural i think um she ran over 400 kilometers and um and it went over 60 hours long and it was yeah the, it's just insane the last four people the last four people was two men and two women and like if you want to talk about like like bring women in ultra running it just the, the longer the race the more level the playing field i feel in terms of strength you know i think women this is a real proof that women do have great endurance you know so like i'm not trying to be to mansplain or anything but that is just insane you know what i mean like so women women can definitely endure yeah that is for sure and and that's being proven in the um ultra running community at the moment that the longer a race goes um definitely the more even the playing field obviously Mm. testosterone and, and this is me making big assumptions here but I think that testosterone plays uh, a significantly lesser part once you go 
a long, long way. And then, um, you know, it comes down to uh, other factors and it, it well and truly evens out the playing field between the sexes. Uh, and I think that's awesome. For someone who has a couple of daughters, mm. um, it's just so good to see yeah. these people, yeah, kicking butt. Yeah. It really is. So uh, Maggie Goodrell is going to be, I think, I dare I say, the next Courtney DeWalter. She, um, I think she's been around for a while, but I mean, I don't know the name of every ultra runner on the planet, but she's definitely no. someone, she's, she's impressive. I know she's from, um, she's from Pennsylvania and she's been around, I think she has been around for a little bit, but you know, that's next level. That's some next level running right there. And um, so, yeah, and it's, I've said it before, I think it's got a lot to do with, maybe, I'm no, this is, there's no science that I'm using from this, but feel free. Um, to correct me, but I th- I feel like she's uh that I don't know it's it's just uh, it's it, maybe it's childbirth and the ability to have babies it makes women tougher, you know like I just that's sort of something that I've always sort of thought and I think a lot of people think if a woman can have a baby carry a baby and then give birth to a healthy baby it's you know there's there's something I feel genetic deep genetically deep down inside. Um, the mind of, of women. So I don't know. I guess the research will come through in time because as races tend to get longer because now the 200-mile race is the, has become more normal. In five years, will 300-mile races become the norm? You know, like... or I, I definitely think that 500-mile races will probably be the next thing. 500 miles? Do you think they'll step up yeah, that Yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll go 300. I think we'll just step it straight to 500. That's it's just a better number. It's almost a thousand kilometers, man. That's a long yeah. way. Um, wow, interesting. Okay, you heard it here first. Ash Ashley Drew has made the, a bold prediction. Would you sign up for a five hundred mile race? Uh, if I could afford the entry fee, yes. Yeah. Um, that's I'd be stupid enough to do that. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Well, I'm doing. I, the- I think. It'd just be it'd be one heck of a journey, that's for sure. It, I can't imagine what it'd be like for your crew if you had a crew for that. Mm. Yeah. Like <laughs> your crew would do a much harder job than the runner did. I but, guess um, it's interesting because yeah. the um, when you think about like last the, for years ago there was the the Westfield um, Sydney to Sydney to Melbourne. Do you remember that that run? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that, we followed that. Yeah. That that's pretty much that's close to five hundred miles. Um, it'd be further, wouldn't it? It's it's, it's close to a thousand k's. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, well, I'm talking I'm, to I'm, you. I'm, You're going to sit. I'm going to Google right now. Yeah, good. You Google it. I bet you it's about 800 k's, between 800 and a thousand kilometers. But um, yeah, no, it's fascinating. The I mean, because you got the likes of yeah, um, spot, that is exactly 887 kilometers. Oh, look at that. So. And it, but it, I mean, that event went from a shopping centre to a shopping centre. Yeah, it could be advertising. Um, so 548 miles. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's, your, there's your 500 mile event. There you go. So from, or you could do something similar from Adelaide to Melbourne or from Sydney to Brisbane, perhaps. That might be a little further. Or... Sydney to Brisbane's a thousand and something, yeah. thousand and forty-eight or something. Yeah, so definitely there could be definitely events in there. And then you'd have especially to, especially if those became trails. 
Well, yeah, and you have to avoid the roads because I mean, logistically, and you'd never get something like that um, uh, approved. I think. Um, no, you wouldn't get that sanctioned anymore. Not with the way the rules have become. Not here in Australia. Well, anyway. Do you remember there was a few years ago? There, I mean, the bike the bike race that was across Australia until um, what was it called? Can't remember the name, but the race leader got run over by a truck in the last like few hundred kilometers and died you know it was horrific and so the race is yeah i don't think the race has gone ahead since then um no that's that's one of the things that cans all those sort of events yeah but um so we um yeah we'll stick to the trails i'll, I'll be happy with um i'll be happy with just um a 100k event so or i'll do a, i would i'll do a 100 miler next year i probably will be lining up for the hubert 100 if i can keep my training going through summer and get my just i'm just going to be building my mileage up through summer and just lots of lots of easy running and just and it's not necessarily about doing heaps of elevation although i will but um yeah go and do the hubert which is in may 100 miles that's my it's been my goal for some time that one and i think 2020 is the year that it happens so um awesome yeah that sounds fantastic so yeah and so we are gonna jump into a um our chat with shona so uh, shona's a this is going back in time a, a few weeks though isn't it ash and um what's her last name stevenson is it shona stevenson yeah i think it is that's correct terrible remembering names yeah shona was fantastic to interview she's a bit of a character and she's a good runner and um, so we, um, I haven't actually, she talks a lot about her, about Blackhall because she was doing, um, she, she was doing the Blackhall run and uh, I guess this is spoilers. How did she go? Do you know how she went? Well, she was leading the field for uh, the first while and uh, she went out hard and, um, but uh, then I'm not sure what happened. Uh, maybe we'll have to get her on for another short chat. Um, she ended up coming fourth, very respectable fourth. That's very so, good, yeah. So, really fast still, that's for sure. And um, quite a, quite a. I mean, the race was just a big event, and to come fourth is still amazing. Some really, really, really fast times, hey? Like, um, oh, very fast times. Yeah. So that's um, yeah, that's interesting. So I, I, I will have to go through and look at all the results properly but yeah so this think of this chat that ashley and i had as a we this is a we're going back in time like think of it as a prequel a prequel to the the black or 100 so we know how it finishes more or less but we didn't know the lead up and where if you don't know who shona stevenson is you're about to find out absolutely yeah She's a great character yep all right so i'm gonna let's let's jump right in and uh don't forget this episode is sponsored by Infinite, uh, as always, because they are the best. And I'll be using loads of Infinite Nutrition this coming weekend. I will, um, and they, um, the Infinite guys helped you out, not just with their stuff, but with their actual, the actual Infinite people helped you, didn't they? Jason was your support crew on the weekend, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I met Jace for the first time partway through the race, and um, he was at every aid station thereafter. Yeah, and consumed their product along with everybody else who was doing the race. Yeah. So because uh, Infinite was the sponsor of the race. 
Yeah. And uh, there was speed at every aid station, which is one of their products. Yep. Um, it's certainly, uh, yeah, great, great stuff for custom-made products. So um, you can order or you can get it custom-made for you. And I, I know for me personally, I worked with a, um, a dietary team with my team of doctors because I've had, um, well, I've had over half a metre of my intestine removed with, with cancer treatments. Um, so getting my nutrition right uh, is really important. And um, Infinite is just part of the story, but um, it's a mm. big part. So yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, no, love it. I'll be um, I'll be drinking um, some salted caramel, infinite. Um, it's a part of a, a fructose mix that I had made up in um, by Jason himself. In and um, I just pictured Jason in like a lab coat, mixing mixing chemicals and mixing magical ingredients. <laughs> um, and 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 then um, and and uh, my other mind will be another special mix. Uh, so I've got two customized mixes that I'll be alternating with. They're not a great deal of difference between them, um, except the other one is a citrus flavor. And so um, just, you know, when you get the old palate fatigue going, it's good to have something a bit different. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's something that I, I look forward to drinking. And, it, it, you know, it's, and that's important in a race. You've got to have food that you look forward to, uh, food and drink. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So thanks again, Infinite, for being awesome. And just and on that note, we will jump right in to Shona. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. Um, my name is Daniel Perugia, and I'm your host. And I'm joined today by my my beautiful co-host Ashley Drew. How are you, Ashley? I'm good, thank you. Good now. So. Take, take two. We're on take two, just so everyone knows. Oh, yeah, you know. Well, hopefully we don't have any more than two takes. And we're, we've been joined by an, another lovely host or co-host today, we could call it. And uh, Shona Stevenson is joining us. Welcome, Shona. It's almost like I feel like we've been here before. We're all laughing our heads off here without anyone really knowing what's going on, but we've recorded a bit of a show, and then realised that the uh, record button hasn't worked. So uh, we're, yeah. we're starting again. Yeah, check issues. Yay. Yeah. So shall we? It'll be good. It'll be good. Twice so, is good now. Yeah. So twice exactly. Twice is good. I like that answer. Twice is nice. Uh, and very good. So Shona, we'll just jump right in. And so for the those um, out there that don't know who you are, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I'm, I'm obviously, uh, I'm about 41, I guess. So I started running maybe about, I think it's 13 years ago. I just wanted to, um, like most women who had had a baby, just, um, you know, get fit after having children. So um, after my second child, um, which is about when I was 29, a few weeks before I was 29, all I wanted to do was run um the city to surf down in Sydney. And so I just um, pushed my, my baby for the 14 kilometres in a stroller and breastfed her twice on the side of the road and she screamed um, the whole way. Yes. And I don't recommend it to anybody. It was an absolute nightmare. Um, but I did my first fun run and it was good and I wasn't too happy with my time. It was like I'm not sure I'd minutes. call that fun. But. <laughs> 
It was it was a start anyway. It was a start to <laughs> something, which then meant that. Well, more importantly, it then meant that you know the Sydney Morning Herald people um, had my email address, which then uh, six months later they sent me an email. They said, "Why don't you come and do the Sydney Half Marathon?" Yeah, sure. How high can it be? Far out. I don't know. What, eight weeks away. So, and the other reason why I wanted to run a half marathon and my main motivator was because I was shaving all my hair off to raise money for for Leukemia Foundation. And so I knew I was potentially, if I still had a little bit of baby weight on me, I just I needed to get rid of it. So I had eight weeks to um to lose it. So I ran my half marathon, and I don't. I've never. I remember this is my second race, my first race solo, like without having to push a stroller. So I ran it really, really hard and fast and I died at 15 kilometres. When I started the race, I said, by the end of the year, the Sydney full marathon, I'm going to do that in September. This is May. And I was going, there is no way I'm doing a marathon at the end of the year because I was in so much pain. I had to walk up the last hill back then. It was a two-loop around. I don't know if it's still two loops. And I was in agony. So for three days afterwards, I couldn't walk. Um, I had ITV band issues. I didn't even know how to stretch my glutes out properly. It was really funny. Um, and then um, about three weeks after that, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not hurting anymore. What can make me stronger? Well, how about I do some trail running? So there's an awesome event called um, The Great Nosh, which is in Sydney. And um, it's from, in Sydney, just yeah, it's from Linfield Oval to um, Seaforth Oval, so and what? it's along Middle Harbour, yeah, so it's mainly yeah. single track the whole way through. And so, I can remember standing on the start line and looking around at everyone going, 15 k's, I should be able to do this an hour. <laughs> I had so much um, confidence in myself, it was crack up, it was nothing <laughs> like a rose, anyway. So, on the on the website, I swear they had just put up the, the photos of a nice, pretty dirt footpath. There was, seriously, I there was one section where it was just like this rock face and I was not very agile at the time. And I looked at the bloke behind me because I knew I lift up and I said, can you help me? And he said, no, and just went straight. <laughs> what a gentleman. Was, well, that, that's, that's rude. Know. It was cracker. I just went, oh, fine. I'm just going to take it up and stuff on my own. I'm so funny. Chivalry is to, dead. You know, what I am now. And then um, when I was uh, maybe about 5K into the event, I um, I realised that I'd gone out way, 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 way too fast and I had to get up and up onto the Roseville Bridge. And I swear that one hill killed me. And so I ran across the, the top of the bridge, literally looking for a taxi. But I didn't have a credit card or a mobile phone on me to call my dad who was waiting for me at the other end. I just wanted out. And I remember just screaming for water. Where's the next water storm? It was so funny. At the end, I had to walk it in for 400 metres. My dad waited for me to end and everyone was covered blood and mud and cuts and bruises and he said are you ever going to do that race again and said nah dad that was way too tough for me anyway two years later i came back and came second and the year after that i came back and won it outright so a little bit of history family history in that event too i should probably add that my my now late uncle he also ran that event and i had to pick his time. So every everything that my uncle did, I usually used him as like the measuring stick. Okay, so he's a bloke, you know, he's fairly fit, but as a female, and if I wanted to be an elite runner, I've got to get all his time. So I I knocked off all his times for the great notch. So anyway, um, 
Yeah, so when, what was it? So then I took a little bit of time to then get to a marathon. I've never done a road marathon um, as such on the road. I've done a 50K and 110K along the river in Brisbane, but all my stuff has mainly been on trail. Yeah. So I guess if we then want to recap, I guess, some of my, um, I guess, key turning points was, in 2008 was when I ran the Great Nosh for my first half marathon. In 2010, I ran my first 110K. 2000, ah, 2009, I did my first trail marathon, Deep Space Mountain Marathon. The year before that, there was actually snow down in Canberra. So this is in Canberra. And it was the last qualifier for on the six-foot track, which was the following year. And so I ran Deep Space Mountain Marathon in, let's say, you know, just under five hours, four hours, forty-five. But only <laughs> there was only two women who turned up to the event, and I won, which was awesome because your first ever marathon that you win. Um, but you have so, to be in it to win it. I did beat the absolutely. next lady, but yeah, you've got to rock up. And so it's quite fitting that my first marathon I won. But um, the next lady, she was about two and a half hours behind me, so I gave her a nice hot run. But the people who were actually there were Brendan Davies. Yeah, and there was a few other key guys who raced for, you know, Aura, who, who were there up ahead of me. So I kind of got a little bit of a look at, you know, the boys up the front and what they look, look like. I then ran um, six-foot track um, in four hours, 30, let's say 39, that sounds about right. I literally talked my way to being the front wave. I sent the race director an email and said, I'm not very, very good at hills. I'm still, like, I'm good at hills now, but now I've had to work on hills. But I'm a really good descender. And so I'm not going to hold up anybody going down Nellie's Glen. And so I talked my way into the first wave. And, of course, wow. I ran it as I've always run everything as hard and fast for 15Ks and then died. get off a few hills at the end. But I, I had enough to hold on by then. And then that was when I got noticed to jump on an Oxfam team. So I jumped on an Oxfam team. But they were just aiming for you know, 18 hours. So I guess with that Oxfam team, it was a great way for you to start to do a 100K in, in a team in a fairly safe environment. You know, you go out, you do the training together, you get to know, you know, how to eat, how to drink, how to look after yourself. Um, but I was hiding a, um, a potential, I knew I had one, potentially one broken foot, but when I finished that race, I had two broken feet. Ugh. So I, I knew that, when I was starting the race, there was something wrong, but I didn't want to tell anybody until I got to 50K. So I hid it from everybody until 50Ks, and then they kind of noticed that I was suffering a bit because the furthest I'd ever run before that was 50K. So I just wanted to get past that point and then go, okay, guys, I think I've got a broken foot, but don't worry, I'm not pointing out. I'm going to take this to the end. So if you ever want to go on the team with me, you're not going to pull, <laughs> for sure. Amazing. And, um, yeah, so then after, that was 2010, so then after that event, I literally put my, the next day was my birthday, I put myself on a um, set of crutches. For three months, I was for crutches, and then six months on and off, because I kept re-breaking my feet again. I had to do all the, you know, we're talking coach-to-coach coach stuff, I had to do all that deep water running, rehab. It took me forever to actually walk in shallow water i couldn't actually walk in shallow water for a few years wow i couldn't I, fa- I found it harder to walk than to run sounds weird but i retrained myself to run very very differently afterwards because the only way i could move was light on my feet 
not pushing through my feet, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I guess like before that, yeah, so, so I guess before that, if we speak about, you know, how I potentially got my broken feet was definitely running the city to surf. Um, in 2010 in a pair of piranhas, acid piranhas, like super lightweight racing flats. And um, I didn't have my shoelaces done up tight enough and I ran down the first hill and yeah. I could feel my feet slipping around when I oh, fuck it, you don't need, you don't need shoelaces. What are shoelaces for? They're overrated. <laughs> anyway, yeah. there was so much friction in my feet that when I was running along, I was just in absolute agony. I felt like my feet were being, you know, pulverised with a... I don't know, meat pulverizer. It was brutal. Anyway, I got to about 8Ks and I slammed down on my feet to pop the blisters as I ran. I got to 11Ks and I looked up at the the timer and I was looking at the cops and going, should I pull out? Looking at the timer, looking at the cops and the time, cops, no, it says 11Ks in. No, it says something that's three in front of it, which means you're under 40 minutes for... The 11K. So yeah. I ran it to the end. So I did the third run of the following year. So it was a bit of bit of nutty, yeah. I guess ability to not associate with the pain and have your your long term goal sitting there in your mind first. But then, yeah, I guess I learned the the hard way in what is good pain, what is bad pain, and what to push through and what to not push through. Incredible. So um, I guess. Yeah, I had a year, in a year 2011, I rocked up to UTA 100 for the first time. It was called North Face 100 back then, and it was to be my first ever 100K solo race. And I remember I'd only just really started running five months beforehand after the injury. So that year, um, I did it in 12 hours 50. And what was really special about this, the year before, I would have won it, but to me, this is more special that that year the whole of the Solomon team turned up and made it really interesting. In other words, the best runners turned up because um, Ultra Trail Mount Fiji had been cancelled due to snowstorm, I think, three weeks beforehand. And so it meant that I could, you know, really mix myself in amongst the best of, of the world runners at that time. And I ended up placing six and losing time at the end because, you know, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. So that to me was like a really special moment. I was like, hang on, wait a minute, maybe maybe I can, you know, be be amongst the best in the world. So that was that was quite cool. Amazing. Yeah, I guess then if if you, I can chat all day, but if, if then I've returned to UTA four more times and I've got three thirds and um, one ninth, and that ninth was also a special one, as in I had to do the last twenty k's with gastro because. In my mind, it was like I was losing places, but hang on, wait a minute, you got to think of the long-term goal here. The long-term goal is Ultra Trail World Tour points. If you, you know, you race UTMB, you race Tarawell Ultra, you race Ultra Trail Mount Fuji, you race UTA, then at the end of it, you're going to be ranked eighth in the world and you can stay in the top ten for each one. So just hang in there. So I placed ninth there. And then I placed tenth at UTMB that year, and I got ended up ranked eighth in the world. So it was, yeah, pretty pretty gutsy year. Yeah. yeah that's a fantastic introduction, and um, it's yeah, I'm um, a little bit in, in shock and all, which is a good thing. But um, 
I have a, 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 I have a deep dive question straight away that I've just been yeah. rattling around in my head. This might be going too deep too soon, but um, no. why are you so competitive? Oh, this is an interesting one. It actually, it's it's a good one that I, you know, you can think about. Um, middle kid, straight up. So yep. how do you get, <laughs> get attention? <laughs> how do you get attention? Uh, middle child. Um, I was treated like the boy in the family from the get-go. So my dad wanted a son. He didn't get I'm supposed to be called Sean, not Shona. So <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> really funny. So it was just me and my dad hanging out together most of the time. So real tomboy. Um, so I had this real juxtaposition between this girly side and this, you know, this other Shona side, which is really funny. But my older sister, she was very competitive too. Um, so it meant that the two of us together would just race each other. And so I think there was this one time when we were racing each other and it was just before, and we were actually going to church every, every Sunday. And I remember racing my sister and then these, like a crowd of people, like little you know, kids were hanging out, you know, hanging just outside before the church and I'm racing her to get in. And then there was like this, oh my God, the little one, oh my sweet, the big one. Oh, wow, there's this real sign of admiration there. I was like, oh, hang on, wait a minute. I almost want to almost beat her, but certainly I'm getting this positive feedback loop. So yes. I guess as a kid I was quite gifted and I was a bit nutty. Like when I was 10, I would go, and I'm serious, I would go and run laps <laughs> while my older sister played cricket and I'd run 50 laps on the oval wow. while she played cricket as a 10-year-old. I would get my dad to wake me up at 10 to 6 in the morning when I was 10, so I'd go for a run with my dog wow. twice a week. No, and I'd train myself in the afternoon too on the track. And then I was an elite <coughs> gymnast as well. So then, you know, the competitiveness, competing, um, I guess has always been part of, I guess, my childhood. Um, I've always raced, always competed. So about like race track, race cross country. Um, competed in netball as well. So I was an elite gymnast, but by the time I was about 13, I was just getting over it. was just too much, especially when I was doing rep netball at the same time. Um, but yeah, but it's positive feedback loop for me. And I always received a positive feedback loop from sport. And that's where I find, I guess, you know, if you go into psychology here, it's where I find my, my safe place, which is Really nice, which is yeah. I guess that's why if you if you get a kid who's clearly got ADHD and you get them into sport, then you know they may not they be you know it's okay at school, yeah. but I was just excelling at sports. So it was like, oh, why do I do that? I should just do this. It's like when I tried triathlon. Well, I used triathlon um, as training for a while. I like to get on a bike, but I've still got a broken arm, so my um, swimming shocking. So it's. But it was one of those things where I put myself into that position where I had to race from the back because I was used to leading and, and, you know, keep your mind sort of being okay from coming from the back moving forward. But then it was also, you know, a little bit like, why am I doing this when I'm so agile? Or like, it's just a straight road when you've taken away one of my strengths, which is my agility. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah, so trail running for me is, I guess, the most, natural um sport for me to do that's so good it's a good analysis you're very um you're clearly very self-aware which is great <laughs> it, it, um, yeah you have to be don't you well, it, 
Well, don't you think that if you if you're an ultra runner, you you spend a lot of time with yourself. So you, like I don't I don't often use music. I get to process my thoughts. Mm. I I definitely you know you know there's times in your life too that you would go see a psychologist um, anyway just to make sure that you are processing you know everything correctly from you know your childhood your adulthood and so on. You it's life's not perfect and everyone just needs you know a few readjustments to make sure you're on the right path. So it's just all part of it. Yeah. Excellent. Ashley, do you have any questions there for uh, Sharna? Um, only a gymnastics one because uh, of my background. Oh, so cool. Where, where were you a gymnast? Oh, uh, in YMCA at Epping. At Epping? Yeah. And I was, first I was at um, Davidson. Right, yeah. All right. Where were you at? <laughs> Me? Oh, so I, um, that, that's my profession, is coaching oh. elite gymnasts. Oh, Um. So yeah, so David but I, or Daniel? I can't remember. Way back when, uh, David or Daniel? I can't remember. My MCA was Kerry to start with. Yeah. There you go. This is now. Yeah, that, and I think that uh, <laughs> gymnastics and running together, which they, yeah. they don't really go together at the same time, but no. um, but definitely that skill set that you learn as a gymnast transitions into a trail runner perfectly because of your ability to stay balanced on just the most horrible terrain. Yeah, trail. Yeah, and you know, like my dad, I remember my dad, he built a bean for me in the backyard. I love it. It was a nice wobbly bean. That's what it meant that. Like you could put, I don't know, what those you know, the things at the end, you know, I don't know what they're called. Um, but he didn't put those on, I suppose, so it just wiggled when I jumped on it. So it was just, you know, effectively three legs, four by two, a few bolts in it, and away I went. Um, and, um, but he would always say to me, you know, the higher you jumped, it doesn't matter if you fall, you know, you, you're going to get more points for it because you've gone for it. And so, you know, if I trail run, then I'm used to going for it. So I'm used to going for it and landing and it being okay, either if, you know, I know how to fall, probably why I like skiing, and that's why you could push me down the hill and, you know, I just dive roll out to get out of trouble. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to be okay with falling, I think, and, and being good at falling. Um, at skiing, trail running helps too, just so you don't break away. Oh, yeah, definitely at skiing, you've definitely <laughs> got to be, for both of them, you've definitely got to be good at falling. Yeah. That's for sure. It's fascinating. It's willing, okay. willing to take the knocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trail running is um oh sorry, gymnastics is good background for trail runners. I all, I always say to people having a, a background in hopscotch is good for trail running as well because you do a lot. Yeah, of, absolutely. You know, having that kind of um the ability to spring, you know, going down to a technical trail or something like that. There's uh yeah when you break down the elements of trail running, there's a lot of things. Agility is such a huge part of it, you know. So um it's something that. You know, when it's di where it differs, there's a lot of lateral motion in trail running, you know, whereas mm. when you're on the, if you're road running, um, you know, you need, you, you're obviously going in a very straight line. I mean, you look at the, the elite athletes in the marathon and, you know, <clears throat> some of the elite men and women, their calf muscles are tiny because they've got, mm. they, they have no need to turn, to, to change direction quickly. Whereas in trail runners, you change mm. direction all the time. 
you know. So um, mm. it's it's something that I <clears throat> I try and develop with the people that I coach, including my and myself. But I don't know, like with your training, what do you sort of focus on with your training? So that's probably yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's um, obviously I do, um, you know how we just, you talked about, is it hopscotch then? Yeah. So I definitely add hops into, so I have, our, you know, the usual running drills, you know, high knees, bum kicks, you know, knee drive towards the ground, off the ground, you know, like knee drive, the lift, lift, lift one, um, and then bounding, but also hopping, just straight up hopping, just so you can, you know, one, take your whole body weight um, yeah. with impact through one foot. Um, I also like to chuck in kettlebell swings and squat jumps as well. Yes. And, yeah. So, um, sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, because lots of core, obviously lots of core work, uh, resistance band stuff where you're doing lots of rows as well because your arms need to be strong to, to you know, every time you put your arm back it's a row. Yeah. So it needs to be strong enough to do this. Um, arms can sometimes be forgotten. You know, obviously you don't want them too big, but they need to have that endurance to them to yeah. pull back each time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, strength, upper body strength is definitely, I, I, I see it as important. And um, and you do, I mean, mm. it is neglected by runners. <clears throat> and um, it's just, um, so yeah, I wanted to launch into actually talking about a few of, of, uh, sort of recent events and um, what's coming up in, in Maybe in, with you, I, you're, oh, so you're also a race director, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So we had our first Brisbane Trail Ultra in um, in July. It, it was 6th and 7th of July, just now, 2019. Um, next year will be 11th and 12th of July, yep. you know, that weekend, um, 2020. So we had a 30K, 60K, 110K and 100 mile and then we had one of those classic races within the race where we had a Red Bull climb, um, which was really cool. Yep. Because um, our our 60K runner, um, he he actually won the Red Bull climb um, after getting lost and all the rest of it because he was an adventure racer and he really wanted to win the prize. And the prize was um, an entry to the Red Bull Defiance race, which I think had just been held as an adventure race which has just been held in September up at Mission Beach. So he, um, I, I actually kind of took him aside a little bit and said, hey, Tom, if you want to win this, make sure that, because I knew he was running the 60K and um, I don't know if he knew about the prize. I knew that he was an adventure racer. And, like, obviously if you run the 30K, if you're in a relay, a relay team, in the 30k, you could just sprint up the hill and you've got it. Why is this guy yeah. run 60k's? And then he got to our um, final checkpoint. I'm pretty sure he had to lie down and then <gasps> waited 10 minutes, drank a Red Bull. And then <laughs> went for it. And then went for it. And then when he got to the top of the hill, the climb, the pinnacle was climb, he then he then had a little lie down there too and then kept going. Um, wow. So he didn't place for the 60. But he got what he wanted, and that was the Red Bull um, entry to the adventure race, which is hilarious. What a classic! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah classic, well, that's, total classic. Yeah, that's and a smart way of doing it. Yeah, but Andy got lost too. I'm pretty sure he took the wrong turn because we had a few events going on out there. So he took the wrong turn and went up Mount Nebo Road for I don't know how long. I think he may have done an extra 14 Oh, days. wow. But he, he, he didn't bitch or moan or complain. He just owned it like, oh, yeah, I stuffed up. I just didn't. Oh, I just wasn't paying attention. And you know, if you are, 
Like the course is tough. Like it's really tough. Um, the 60k is we have 2,700 meters elevation gain loss. The 100k is five five, and the 100 mile is oh. about um, eight thousand. Yeah. So that yeah, because the 100 mile is six points. The 110k is a five pointer. UTA is only four points. Yeah. You get what I mean? So it's a really valuable race and. When I was designing the course, I wanted to make sure that this event was going to be, you know, the event where everyone could come and do either the 100K or 100 mile. And I know that when they get to Europe or, or, you know, to Japan or New Zealand, they're not going to be, you know, in shock by the mountains when they get there. Because you have to remember that UTMB is still 2,000 metres bigger, or 1,500 metres bigger than our race. And you have altitude, so it, it's a, it's a lot tougher. So I guess when it's a cheeky thing. Not too many people know this, that I ran the UTMB in 30 hours and five minutes. Wow! So that's why that our cutoff is 30 hours and 100 mile. Because we are 2,000 meters effectively easier, and we don't have altitude. And for us, it's you know it's a really really tough course. We're still in your event, and at this point in time. You know, if you want a six-pointer, you know, train up, you can make it. And a lot of people, you know, prove that they can make it under 30 hours to do that event. If you want five points, you can come and do the 110. You've got 29 hours to do it in. You know what I mean? So there's a little bit of, like, if you really want to be up there. And to be honest with you, you probably need to do, you know, our event in around about that time to actually make it through the UTMB because it's so tough. Um, yeah, it's much tougher than, than our event. Just the altitude is, is a killer. And lots of people end up pulling out, you know, vomiting at 7K at UTMB. Yeah. It's, um, it sounds like a pretty decent race. And I have I've known about it for a little while. And I, um, it's definitely something that I am intrigued by. And, um, that I possibly, I may have to put an application in, uh, or an entry in in the near future. Um, Which one? For UTMB or for <laughs> Brisbane Trail? UT- you know well, what? I'm not actually interested in UTMB. Are you yeah, UTMB. So I guess it's like, if we're just talking, you know, athletes here together. So if you want to get to the UTMB, you need three races oh, yeah. where, and this is why I designed Brisbane Trail Ultra, you need three races where it adds up to 15 points. So you could do, you know, say if you did our 110k to the 5.9, you could do UTA which is a six-pointer, a four-pointer, and you can do our 100-miler, which is a six-pointer, and you're there and you're qualified. Yeah. And you could get there, you know, with decent, really good, solid events in that time. So, yeah, so, yes, everyone's a new team, but yeah, hopefully they can have the BTU, to, um, race the BTU to help them get them on the way. Yeah. I'm actually not that interested in doing UTMB because I, um, I maybe two years, a couple of years ago I would have been, but... Uh, Mm. I, I, I just, I do, I feel like it's overhyped. And I, know, and I know it's a beautiful place, a beautiful race and everything, but, like, for me, I'd, I'd rather do a, a smaller local race and, and a whole bunch of smaller local races. Uh, and um, for, for that same price. Oh, <laughs> exactly. oh yeah, definitely for the price. Phenomenal. Yeah. 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 Look, as an elite athlete, I, I didn't even get a free entry there. Yeah. So, really? A lot, yeah, no, 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 no. I had to pay too. I, quite often, like UTMF, like quite often people would look at me and go, oh, she'd be paid, you know, everything we paid for. Um, but not necessarily. Like even even after my, my ranking in eighth in the world, it was 
you didn't get that much. You had to be ranked fifth in the world to really hit the um, the real sponsorship from from Ultra Trail World Tour. You might get a few race entries, but then you negotiate that directly with the race director. So me as a race director now, it's definitely my one of my motivations, especially because I'm an you know at the time I was an ex athlete, now I'm an athlete in Division But we don't know. We haven't raced Rockwell 100 yet. We'll just see how we go. But um, yeah, it's one of my great drives is to help help up and coming athletes have some presence, have some space, and have some media exposure, and to give them a really good quality event where yeah. just like I did at UTA. Well, I had the the privilege of racing against all those amazing Solomon girls who came over from overseas. You know, that's why we got Kelly up and Beth up and Lou Clifton up. Or the boys, which was, of course, Vlad, and we've got Tom Blaine here. We've got Ewan Horsburgh up here too, which meant that Kieran and and um, and Kieran and um, Jeff Shutler and, you know, the other local runners really did get to race against some quality athletes. So Lou Clifton, um, she matched my UTMF. So I came second at UTMF. She also came second at UTMF. So when I spotted that, I was like, man, I've got to get this girl to race. She she just did our 30K. Um, I think she ran the Brisbane Marathon only two weeks beforehand as well. She came third there. Beth Cardelli, the great Beth Cardelli, who is who's my old training partner down in Sydney, who I've shared many tears with her. She doesn't share the tears because she's so bloody good. <laughs> Crying behind her because she doesn't need to eat, she doesn't need to drink, she can run on air and be a mere mortal. I was trying to do what she was doing. Wow. So we're supposed to go for a 50k run, and she, and at 35k's, I've had enough, I'm bonked, I'm fucked. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, she's amazing. But she came in and raced our 30k, and um, and she won the, the Red Bull climb as well for, for females, wow, which is really cool. And you know, I'm pretty sure she's won. UTA four times. That's amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure she has. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she has. If she rocks up to that race this year, I think she's in good form. Um, I, I haven't checked. She's just done Hounslow. She's just won Hounslow. Um, yeah, she's Which is a, a stellar race. runner. She yeah. just was hit by a car, I think, and had to take a few years off, and now she's back again. So it's really quite lovely to to see her coming back into some form too. Incredible. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting one as you are um, you're up the front of the field and, and you know, here you are, you meant to be racing, but if you're a really nice person, like I'm a pretty nice person, it's hard to race against these people. <laughs> so, yeah. Because they're your friends, so it's an interesting one. But she she was raised, she was always a real racer. She'd say things like, if I've gotten back from UTMF and I'm racing UTA, she'd go, Shona, don't you feel fatigued? She's actually running past me at 40k. Or she'd say, watch out for snakes because she knows that I you know, I wrote a blog about snakes at one time and I wanted to fall out. <laughs> I think the, the first time, no, the first time I ran UTA, I think at 40k or 45k, you know, I've already done the old course, come up and down Iron Pot Ridge, you know, gotten out of Green Gully and I was coming through Green Gully and I was literally looking into the bushes going, please let there be a snake here and bite me on the leg so that I can pull out with dignity. So that's why then a year later she's going, watch out for snakes, Shona, in other words. Yeah, I, I know how to move a few crack up. So she, yeah, she's good. She's a good competitor. I really respect her. Amazing. Like, I guess it's like the same as sludging in, in cricket, yeah? Yeah. So, 
You've almost got yeah. to take on a different persona when you race against a friend. Like you've got, I, I sort of, I know this sounds, I'm, I'm such a dork for knowing this, but um, I, um, Beyonce, apparently when she yeah. when she's on stage, she has a, she adopts a different persona. Like she's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, stage, a stage persona. A stage yeah, persona. you have to. Yeah, yeah. and it, this is true. I remember I would rock up. So say if I'm in, in you know, Europe or like Japan and I'm rocking up and I don't know anyone and I'm just racing against all these, you know, elite international runners, it's game face. Yeah. Absolutely. It's game face. It's just, um, I'm, I guess I'm a very emotive, um, personable, I guess, Right. Approachable person, yeah. When I'm yeah. out there, and so sometimes my friends go, "Oh, hey, you got a, you got a race." Or, yeah, but in saying that, it's hard to, it's hard to race because you don't want to eat yourself up inside too. So yeah, it, there's this delicate, you know, balance that you play where, yeah, you got game face on, but you also have to be relaxed in amongst that too because of a damn long race. Yeah, but definitely there is game face, <laughs> and you don't talk about injuries. You, no. You're never injured. No, you, know, you, you let people know afterwards. Yeah, I had two broken feet. <laughs> you get your ice pack out. Yeah, you don't. Yep. You, you don't. You don't even. Even if even if I was injured now, I wouldn't even even tell my closest parents. I would even give it a, a, a enough um, power to be even spoken. I just wouldn't yeah. go amazing. there because yeah. it's all mental. Yeah. And so as long as you're doing everything within your um, your training to make sure that those injuries go away or they manage or they're well looked after, then you know, you're fine. But I don't give them any power. <laughs> that's awesome, so. awesome. Um, mind. Yeah, I was gonna say that's great advice. Yeah, yeah, like you know, how people wear the injuries on their sleeve. Well, quite often you, you're not going to get better because it's it's so mental your injuries and like in saying that you know my physiotherapist they would say that you know you could drive a truck through my body and I just bounce you know maybe because I was a gymnast and you know I was highly flexible and and my body just recovers and you know put it down to diet yeah probably highly to do a diet you know don't drink gluten free dairy free you know I have a little have a little bit of fish a week but it's Pretty damn clean. I don't have any, even have any eggs, for goodness sakes. It's like, yeah, wow. <laughs> but I, I even check the water, you know, that I drink to make sure there's not too much sulfates in it. So I'll do, you know, Santa Victoria water, but I won't do Pellegrino. And I'll be out at, you know, dinner somewhere and I'll be checking the bottle before they pour it for me. <laughs> because, you know, I know that if I have that, then, you know, I'm allergic to it, then I'm going to have an inflammation response. And, so on. So you know, yeah. part of being asthmatic and all the rest of it too. It's all those autoimmune freakouts that go on. It so, so you check? Do you do you check the glutamates and amines and stuff like that? Yeah. Look, it's not highly that much. Just because I have pretty much, I know exactly what I eat, which is yeah. I eat smoked salmon. I then am plant based after that. If I'm taking yeah. an amino acid, it's I'm taking L-carotene or creatine um on top of that i would take say we you know i might do an anti-fatigue cap from hammer i do endure lights from hammer i swear by those things are like magic pills i swear and then apart from that it's nothing much else so i don't hit too you know what i mean i'm, I'm making sure i'm getting more amino acids from you know my diet 
as in, yeah. you know, I'm now running on ginger nut cookies for goodness sakes because they make me feel good and happy when I run. Yeah, <laughs> But they're gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, yeah. It doesn't matter how good the engine of your car is, if you put the wrong fuel in, it's not going to work. Oh, you know? no, oh, exactly yeah. right. Like yeah. And so yeah, exactly could, right. You can have the best aerobic base yeah. and but, the strongest legs. Yeah, anyway, go, Ash. Yeah, so now you, you're training again to be, or you are an athlete again. I know you're doing black orb, um, and I'm still trying to figure out whether I'm doing that event or not. We'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, chat, a chat with uh, an oncologist right. on Thursday will, yeah, well. will be an interesting discussion about that one. Um, but uh, how do you do being a mum of <laughs> how many kids have you got? I've got two. Two, so yeah, two kids, yeah. and they're, they're teenagers by the sound of it? Yeah, they're um, 12 and 14. They're 12 and My 12-year-old's eyeballing me at the moment, and the other one, uh, she's taller than me. So, yeah, so for all the, all the mums out there, how do you do being a mum oh, and, and being a pro it. athlete mm. and um, being a race director and being a coach? And probably whatever um, else you do in your social yeah, so life. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really lucky that my job as a running coach means that I get to move around a lot with my clients. So I, I don't usually wear a watch. If you check me on, on Strava, it, it looks very unimpressive. Um, but I tracked myself with, you know, like the Qantas app, and I was averaging, you know, 100 k's a week, 120 k's, 118 k's, for yeah. like definitely 80 to 120 k's a week. Like wow. ongoingly, um, so my my mileage is up there. I'm lucky that a few of my clients are fairly quick, so I, I get my either my hill training done with them or my intervals done with them. If if they're having a bit of a bad week or they're not quite on with their intervals, then I'll go run my own intervals. Um, but that's like an hour we're talking about. So they're the key ones that I care about: hill training, intervals, probably a set of stairs in there too, just because they're such good bang for your buck and, you know, agility and so on. Great. You know, you effectively spot that training straight up, straight up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from that, I am also running around, remember, with, you know, quite good, like, like athletes. So I'm getting lots of probably just below my anaerobic threshold or well below my anaerobic threshold, but still a nice fast pace running around because they're dying or just chilling. And yeah. then every second week, so I'm separated. So every second weekend I will run. So I'm lucky that my – so just last weekend I had my girls with me. I don't run. I just hang out with them the other weekend. The following weekend I run. Even when I was in with my with my ex-husband, I would still do something like that where I'd have a week on, a week off, or even in three weeks. So effectively you could do a long run every three weekends anyway. And quite often if I was writing a program for them, it would, wouldn't be such a, a massive, um, t- um, taking such a massive toil on the family if, you know, you're supposed to do a six-hour run or you know, a four-hour run, but you only have to do it every three weeks. Then there's a 10K in there just to keep you really sharp. And in between it's, you know, you can do a like a two-hour or three-hour run. Apart from that, I wake up really early as well. So I'm in front of people. I wake up at 3.50 a.m. every day. Yeah, so I wake up really early and I get <laughs> done. Brisbane's different. We don't have daylight savings up here. So whenever we got from Sydney, I was like, oh, I'll just wake up at, you know, an hour yeah. earlier and get an extra hour. So it's, it's quite easy. 
And then, of course, I'm out late at night. And so when I was doing breast control ultra, it's a bit naughty. My partner would go to bed. I'd go to bed with my partner. And when I could hear him sleeping, I'd then wake up and work on breast control ultra while he was asleep. And then go to bed at maybe 1 or 2 in the morning and wake up at 3.50. And then wonder why when I was doing a safety briefing, I couldn't read out numbers. But it was really, there was a lot of work. And I have a team with me, and it was um, Cora and David and... There was only the three of us. We had this huge event on, and it was just the three of us. And it was the first time any of us had ever put on an event in our lives before and chose to put on four events in one. <laughs> so we just like, and run it into the city because why not? Because we need a big event in Brisbane that we finish in the city and can have an amazing finish line. And everyone's in the same hotels and flying from all over the country, and we wanted that kind of feeling. So um, when we look back at, okay, if you're a mum, and what are your key sessions for the week? It's definitely intervals, definitely hills. If you can get another training in there where it is fast, fart, fart left or, or hill stairs, stair repeats, short stair repeats, go for it. And then, of course, your long run on the weekend. Yeah, I reckon three to four training sessions a week is key. Apart from that, it's fluff. I don't know what you think, um, Daniel, but that's my experience i'm just lucky i get lots of mileage on on top of that but if you are just trying to sharpen up it's those three i care about yeah Yeah, they're pretty good fundamentals absolutely i i definitely um um really make sure i've got people have got a really decent aerobic base before they attempt even like any speed work because i'm yeah i I guess a lot of people come at they they you know, a lot of people who come to me and they, they want to just sort of have a hack. What's the hack? What's the quickest way to get fit and or to get, you know, to get good for ready for an ultra? There's there's really no shortcuts. You don't have to do the work. No. And um, yeah. And you've got to time on your legs. Yeah, you just got to get out yeah. there. And if that means just lots of easy running, I mean, Ash and I talk about the importance of easy running. But it's also knowing what that is and what and like mm. and I know yeah. when to do it. I guess um you know how I said that you know if someone's going to do like a hundred k jump on an Oxfam team yeah. you know what I mean because those yeah. it's perfect because you you're going to be on a team you can only go as fast as a slower person at that given time it really does slow you down so it's probably like a really safe way to build base and yeah. then. Yeah, as long as you don't start with broken feet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> doesn't stop yeah. everybody, though. Um, it doesn't yeah. stop you. Uh, yeah, so, no, I, I love all that, and um, you, you're obviously in good shape right now going into Black Hall. Is that right? Yeah, it was an interesting one. Um, I was just um, chatting, to, um, chatting off air before, and, like, I was saying that I haven't been on asthma drugs for about five years, so I took a break off asthma drugs. Um, just because I, I wanted to see what was really going on with my body. And, and then that meant, because, you know, if you're on the prevention all day long, you can actually be masking something that could be triggering the asthma. Yeah. So I did, I went off them. But just um, after I was helping out with AAA racing last night standing, I got a bit cold there in the middle of the night. And quite often cold, cold drying air would off my asthma and you know I end up after UTA with pneumonia each time I'm eating pneumonia and I'd have to have a good think about you know how fast do you want to finish this you know how far ahead are you as the next girl how sick do you want to make yourself and so when I got a bit sick after last man standing and then it was just kind of sitting there and I thought it was you know okay then of course we had the dust storm that came up 
here at Brisbane. And so, of course, that was a beautiful asthma attack. Um, but it was actually a really good timing because it was about a month out from Black Bomb 100. And um, I, I got back on my preventive again. And um, I guess before I was on my preventive, I was riding on my money when I did a loop. So there's a few training runs that I was doing. I was like, yep, perfect, you're right where you need to be. And I ran, I guess, you know, I hadn't been training for, you know, racing for a year or so. Um, and then just doing, you know, training cancer for control, ultra. But they were in my, you know, marking the course and, and measuring the course. So I did a, like a 25-minute PB up to 20 k's going up the top of the hill oh, wow. from Mount Neva to Mount Glorious. Yeah, it was huge after my asthma drugs um, had kicked in. So I guess I've been struggling for a little while and um, so just being back on my preventative again, maybe with a little bit of help with their ball, but um, yeah. <laughs> does give you wings, I swear to God. Oh, my God. Are you because, yeah, water it down. Don't do it straight. No. <laughs> yeah. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, 50% water, 50%. Yeah, that ball. God, don't do it all at once. And I just take little sips and I smash it. God, you just be... Crazy. So, um, but I'm in good form again. And then I went and did a um, just a nice 30k, and it was right where I thought I should be. So I was quite happy. Oh, that's yeah, right. it's now just yeah, 11 days away. So a few more might do a, a bike ride up Mount Nebo and just one more kind of um, interval session. You know, wrap myself up in Cornwall. I usually do a 10k this weekend, just around Melbourne Down, and then yeah. that's it. Short. Yeah, done. Eat. I I want to get your input on something. Um, I so being a coach myself, I don't have a coach, although I I, if I could, I would. But um, so I I follow my own plans and I try and keep myself pretty accountable and I'm fairly consistent. Obviously, I'm not I'm not an elite level runner, but I do have um. So I've got a 100k race coming up um, the 26th of this month. So <laughs> the, here in South Australia, we have one called the Heisen 105, which is it used to be 100, 105 kilometres, but it's actually closer to about 102 kilometres. So yeah. Um, yeah, and I've done it a number of times, and I've been training fairly consistently, but I um I just do a few things going on, been very busy, and uh, I had. A really terrible week last week. I virtually I only got like 25 kilometres of running in, which is really I've been sitting at, averaging around 100 k's a week, feeling really strong. And I was I was talking to Ash before, and I just don't. Part of me was like, maybe I shouldn't even um, run it, you know. And um, or and and so my question to you is, what would you tell an athlete such as myself? I feel fine. Just like, should I run it, or do you think it's going to have much of an impact if I get, you know, like, because it's a really weird time to have basically have a week off. How much is it? Oh, I wouldn't. A- I wouldn't worry at all. Sometimes you just have to listen to your body, and you're more more in danger of overtraining than undertraining for sure. Um, yeah. I was a classic overtrainer, over racer. So I feel I didn't run on the, I didn't run for three days. Um, I felt I think I had gastro. I went down to Sydney. And, so everyone I think doesn't have gastro. I think I have gastro for three days. So I'm just waiting for my, my body to recuperate. And you just got to listen to your body and just chill. Um, the nice thing about it is that if you're in that beautiful training program for yourself, go back over that training program 
And I just have a look at the amount of work that you've done, and that should instill confidence in yourself to know that you've already done the, the mileage. Look, I had to yeah. sit out of yeah, I had to sit out of um, a 50k and push it back a week because I was having an asthma attack. Um, should have been in hospital um, maybe three weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, but you can definitely. Yeah, you just go and yeah, whatever. <laughs> you just yeah. because it is. It, you never know. Like whenever you race, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's the funny thing. Um, so as long as you listen to your body, you'll be fine. Yeah, I actually feel. Didn't I? Didn't I say those exact words this morning? You did, and I, yeah. I, I backed it. <laughs> I, I look. I, I went for a run last night, like only really easy, like seven k jog just around the neighbourhood, just to see how things were feeling. And I thought, you know what? I actually, I'm breathing easy. Legs feel really strong still. I haven't lost any definition in the legs. You know, when you've had a bit of time off, you. I feel like my legs mm. start to go to jelly, but they still feel strong. So mm. I guess, um, it, it, yeah, that's sort of I'm getting my confidence back. It's, I think some it is mental sometimes, and you psych. Oh, it's totally mental. Psych yourself yeah. out. Uh, yeah, and it's right now is that when you like like me and my taper, it's mm. so tricky to to not go. Oh, what if I just do this little bit extra? Does yes. that make a difference or do that? That's when you get and injured. The is, no, pull back, pull back. Yeah. Um, have you, yeah, we've been going to it, but like you can, you'll be more than fine. Um, yeah. you better to go in underdone than overcooked, that's for sure. That's true. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> All right, you never know. Uh, look, I'm feeling more confident. I've spoken to two, two excellent athletes now, so it makes me feel happier. Um, so now I have to go out and do the work, do the race, and so I can't talk myself out of it now. <laughs> it's a race I've You're done. In. I've done five times. You love before. it. Yeah. Yeah. You love it. So yeah. You have it for. Um. Have you ever come to South Australia to do any events? Because I highly recommend you. Not do. to South. Not for racing. Yeah, I haven't raced down there, but I'd like to. That's for sure. Got some good options um, here now. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I just. I've gone to. I've done Gal and to First Century. Um. But I haven't. Um. Made it across. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it'll be here. We um, have some big events. Yeah. There was a some of the, the trail running events here. There's, there was a there was a, an event uh, a month or two ago. We had fourteen hundred people enter. Just a local. Oh, race. fantastic! So we get we get more people doing the trail events than doing the road events. You know, so um, it's yeah, awesome. Fascinating. The trail running has just exploded in the last couple of years. You know, like it's just become. You know, I don't, I don't know if you have, like, an opinion on that, whether it's a good thing that it's getting so popular or a bad thing. Like, you look at how crazy... Oh, it's YouTube a good is. thing. It's a good thing. I'm in the industry, so <laughs> it's all fine. No, um, in other words, I think I was looking at a study where marathon running's, I think, increased by about 40%, but trail running since, let's say, two, I'm pretty sure it was 2008. So in 10 years, 11 years, it's... Marathon run has increased by 40%, but trail running has increased by 1,000%. So yeah. whether or not trail running will keep, um, or it will be unsustainable for a 1,000% increase again, but I think we'll see a plateau or a slight, definitely a drop-off. And um, but I think it's a great industry to be involved in, and it's mm -hmm. a, a more chilled-out, nicer community we're just like a bit more chilled out community than like road running. It's not as serious because it's not focused on a time. It's focused on, you know, the trail and the beauty rather than just the time. It's a little bit more chilled out. Absolutely. It is really lovely. Yeah. 
Um, fantastic. Thank you so much, Shona. Um, I just, before we let you go, because um, we're all running out of time at the moment, so Ash, do you have a final question for Shona? Yeah. I think that's excellent. I highly recommend her race, um, Brisbane Trail Ultra. It's, uh, it's not an easy course, that's for sure. But it is a spectacular one. I get your point. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. Um, now I don't have any more questions. Although I feel like I could talk to you for several more hours, and I'm sure. For listeners, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I have lots of stories. Yeah. I think we only scratched the surface because I think after the recap, I think I would have missed out a few points. But maybe that can be another day. That's okay. <laughs> another day. Yeah. yeah. But um, we'd love to have you back, and good luck. Awesome. And um, we'll I'll post some links to um, how people can find you or follow you. Um, yeah, if you send me an email, I'll, I'll put it on Trail Run Australia as well. Oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, so uh, Shona Stevenson, thank you very much, and good luck with Blackpool. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. All Hopefully right. we'll see you guys out soon. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. All right. So that brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Trail Runners Experience. Um, if you in, are enjoying this podcast, I would very much appreciate it, as would Ashley, if you could go over to uh, iTunes or whatever platform you listen to this podcast on and leave a nice five-star review. That'd be really grateful and it really helps the podcast grow. So in the meantime, why don't you get out there, keep running, Keep smiling and have fun. See you next time on the Trail Runners Experience.